good afternoon, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News daily live stream. What a morning. I It's a photo finish that I'm here at all. Adam, how's it going? Oh, no complaints. I didn't oh, know God. if you were going to make it, and then suddenly we went live. I'm like, oh, hey, everybody. Well, I was yep. busy hanging my head over a space heater beside my desk, as you can tell. My hair is still wet. I have to fill in for Ezra today, and it's quite a uh, packed pierogi of a day, as they say. Um, but the show as must you go say, on. Sheila, as you say, <laughs> I know. As I say, as you know, the show must go on. So people are here to watch the news. We're here to bring it to them. This is the Rebel News mm -hmm. Daily live stream. We're streaming on YouTube, but um, there may come a time depending on what we're talking about, that we might have to cut that YouTube live stream just to preserve the channel because they're a censorship platform. There are certain things that you absolutely cannot talk about there, even if they are completely factually true. They just don't want you to have that information. But the good news is we are also currently streaming on Getter and on Rumble and on Odyssey. And the beauty of Rumble and Odyssey are, well, besides the fact that they don't care what your politics are and I don't care what theirs are, they allow you to support the work that we do completely willingly. So you can leave us something called a uh, rumble rant. That's their paid chat. If you do that, we'll read it on air and on Odyssey, it's called a hyper chat. There's a couple different ways to do it. Um, you can use their uh, library cryptocurrency or regular old fashioned money. We don't care. It all spends the same at the end of the day. So we'll take it. And it's a great way to support the work that we do, but also democratize the show wherein you can have your say as well. I think that's it. Adam, did you look at the live stream topics? Because I obviously did not. <laughs> so. I, I did very, very briefly. Um, lots of stuff to get into. Um, obviously, today's a bit of an Alberta focused show. Uh, but I first want to look to our uh, very often like-minded neighbor Saskatchewan um, with these yeah. feds poking around on farmers' land. Um, I think this is an issue you could probably speak to at length and yes. with great passion. But let's take a look at this article, I guess, right off the bat and talk about it a little bit and then uh, go from there. Yeah. Oh, thank you, everybody who prepared the show today for opening with something that I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, I think you're in good shape today. Oh gosh. Oh, okay, great. Because yeah, I wrote I wrote this up yesterday. Um, I'd seen previously, and frankly, this happens more than people know. And it's just really nice to see that Saskatchewan is fighting back. So what happened was it was posted online. A farmer showed a tweet of, and I think we included the tweet in the story of these Ministry of the Environment feds poking around, taking what they said were water, water samples from private dugouts. So they're accessing farmers' lands without permission and then stealing samples of their water without telling them why, unless you catch them and then they cook up an excuse. And so the Saskatchewan government, they're having none of this. Absolutely none of this. And the feds are extra stupid to have tangled with Saskatchewan on this issue because Saskatchewan is spoiling for a fight with the feds on the nitrogen fertilizer issue and the carbon tax and the gun grab. So they're ready to stand up to the feds. Um, so Scott Moe is the premier of Saskatchewan, conservative Saskatchewan party. Um, they He retweets this article from Minister Cockrell. Now, Minister Cockrell he is the minister of waterways in Saskatchewan. And he's like, hey, what the heck are you people doing? Not only that, we want to know why you're doing it. And um, we are considering enforcement against you. We are considering charging you with trespass under the law. 
And again, exceedingly stupid that Saskatchewan or that they the feds would do this in Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. I think about a year and a half ago, they just recently strengthened their trespass laws. Basically, even if you're a mailman and you do anything but drop the mail and run away, you could be charged with trespass. So they're very, very strong, as strong as you can be in a country which really doesn't have property rights. They're doing their best to legislatively ensure property rights, particularly for rural people. That's why the law came into effect because they were dealing with people who were just trespassing on rural properties thinking, oh, this is a farmer's land, um, but his house is over there. What is he what does he even care if I go on this land, you know, besides biosecurity and, you know, just stay off my land at son of your business. Saskatchewan strengthened this up. So now they're threatening the feds with trespass and charging them. They've also, they also have a hotline where people can call and report a fed for trespassing on your land. And all of this, all of this should come as no surprise because you know who the uh, Ministry of the Environment, well, the minister himself, He was charged with mischief and trespass for scaling the CN Tower in Toronto and dropping a Greenpeace banner. So is it really any surprise that members of the ministry, ministry (laughs) staff are out there trespassing on farmers' land? Ah, It's from the top down, my friend. And this definitely speaks to sort of a broader issue of law enforcement looking more like, I don't know, some South American questionable corrupt police force than what we've conventionally thought of as police. Now, that being said, I think people taking a good hard look at the RCMP might suspect that we've been there for some time. Um, But under Justin Trudeau, the the sentiment that authorities, police can do whatever they want and uh, they're not subject to the laws of the land when they're enforcing the law um, has certainly escalated and People, these authorities, whether it's trampling old ladies with mobility, scooters, harassing uh, reporters, calling them Jew media, um, shooting tear gas canisters at Alexa Lavoie, uh, like the, the the authorities have been getting away with, I mean, not quite murder, but but bordering up on it um, in some pretty questionable ways, maybe even in some cases. Um, so it's it would be great to see a province, particularly a Western province, being like, no, you're actually not exempt from the laws just because you're a, a federal uh, officer or a fe- uh, operating on behalf of the federal government. And in fact, we'll see you in court because we're charging you with trespassing. I would absolutely love to see that, a metric of accountability, because frankly, authorities should be held to the highest possible standards and be doing everything by the book. Um, and there, there should be an additional degree of scrutiny, whether that's politicians or law enforcement. Um, and, and hopefully that's what we're seeing here. Again, I'd be surprised to see anything happen. It seems like it's carte blanche with little consequences, but heaven forbid you show up at a protest, a peaceful protest in a truck, that's not allowed. Um, trespassing someone's property, that seems to be a-okay. Good to see uh, the sort of Western sentiment, that Western frustration, um, the desire for sovereignty and independence sort of manifesting in in politics where you have actual leaders of provinces doing more than just exclusively writing a letter, but threatening potentially even legal action. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And a hotline yeah. where you can report a Fed. Um, so but I wonder how Stephen Gilbo would appreciate if some farmers just barged into his constituency office and started using the taps. Because, I mean, if... He could steal our water. We'll just show up and steal his. Uh, no yeah. questions, no asks. We're just here inspecting the water and see how he mm. likes it. You know, these people, they're the first. Uh, Gilbo, if you were a conservative and you lingered maybe a little bit too long on the sidewalk in front of his house. By the way, I don't like when people protest at politicians' houses. But if you did, guess what he would do? 
Call the cops immediately, even if you were on a public sidewalk. I guarantee you he would. Heaven forbid you prayed a block away from an abortion clinic. Yeah. 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 But they can just come on your land. They can just come on your land. By the way, they don't know what's like. I don't know what it's like in where you live, but I know that, you know, a lot of new crops are tested in and around where Mm -hmm. I live. Um, And so they don't know what's in your field that they're trudging across to access your dugout. By the way, why are you accessing my dugout? What are you testing for? Are you testing for high nitrogen levels so that you can say, oh, high nitrogen levels in this dugout that they probably use to irrigate the field so it doesn't even matter? Um, Are you testing for high nitrogen levels so you have an excuse to impose nitrogen targets Mm -hmm. on farmers? Because, yeah. oh, look, this has made its way into a waterway. It's a dugout. It's an enclosed waterway. It's not getting anywhere. Yeah. But so what are they doing? What are you testing for? Well, and then there, there are other concerns that people may not be familiar with if they're not in the sort of a agricultural communities. But, I mean, people who have boats are more than aware that it's very easy to transport invasive species that maybe that region is not equipped. So these feds are touring the country. I know even in my community, TELUS is currently installing fiber optics uh, underground to boost everyone's internet. And they're actually, there's a cinch bug epidemic destroying everyone's grass. And it's actually TELUS moving them it's it's they're getting into their equipment and they're moving to the next site and it's spreading so imagine that that's just our grass imagine that happening to a crop because some agent decides he wants to go around and provide some bogus justification for nitrogen limits and fertilizer limits it's uh, uh it, it's it's really hard it'd be very rose colored glasses to imagine that they're doing this for noble and then the helpful purposes for the best uh, interests of the farmers. Um, I I don't think anyone would buy that narrative for a second. Um, The fact is, if some sort of testing needs to be done, if it's justified, um, you need to talk to the farmer. You need to go through those proper steps. You need to do all that stuff. And frankly, most farmers are pretty reasonable. If you're like, listen, no, we're doing some generic testing for this purpose. We're working on something. Farmers, okay, sure, no problem. Just make sure you don't go over that part. But no, these guys just drive out there, do whatever they please. Complete uh, disrespect for these people's private property. Um, and yeah, it's just another in the latest sort of piling on of issues of lack of respect from the federal governments for uh, people out west who are. And I mean, frankly, I mean, this would this would frankly offend farmers anywhere. This if 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 there was agents suddenly in my backyard doing ground samples without speaking to me, I wouldn't be happy about it either. And that's effectively what this is tantamount to. So uh, not good. And uh, yeah, good to see some pushback, as we mentioned. Yeah, I would be off the rev limiter if I found mm-hmm. these people on my property. And yeah. there's another issue here that, uh, again, I don't think city people know, but farmers are acutely aware of this. So some waterways are under federal jurisdiction, but not all waterways, and I'm pretty sure your dugout isn't. Um, But the federal government expands what qualifies as a waterway all the time to control what you can do on your property. There was a, it happens in the United States and it happens in Canada. If you get a puddle that somehow like forms just a spring drainage puddle on your driveway, but it somehow connects to a stream. And that stream somehow connects eventually, depending on runoff and rain that year, to a river. 
well, your puddle might actually fall under federal jurisdiction. And so if you need to trench your driveway to drain your puddle so that you aren't losing your hubcaps every time you get to your drive or to your garage, you might have to take it up with the feds. And that's the problem here. So yeah. once they start poking around on your dugout and all of a sudden your dugout is under federal jurisdiction, then everything else in and around that dugout can end up near federal jurisdiction. And it's just an expand. They use waterways as an expansion of government power all the time. And we're seeing it right now. And I'm so happy Saskatchewan's fighting back. Yeah, that's great. All right. Do you want to talk okay. dairy farmers or do we want to get into this uh, leave them alone campaign? You know what? Let's talk dairy farmers just for a second because this sort of segues into leave them alone. Yeah. So yeah. the war, again, I think regular viewers of the show know that I think that ruminants are man's best friend. I like my dog just fine, but I think ruminants um, uh, are one of those things that really are the are essential for human health um, because they take the things that we can't eat and turn it into things that we can. And um, you know, there's B12 and there's um, a, a whole host of things. And as there's a war on meat simultaneously happening, there's a war on dairy. And there's this article right now in the Globe and Mail. And basically they're saying why it might be a good time to ditch dairy. And the article goes on to say that high inflation, food inflation, might actually be a good time for you to say, well, maybe I'll just ditch dairy altogether. And since I can't afford milk and cheese, and I'll just drink the, uh, I guess, the nut water that's lying about being milk, you know, like, whatever, almond milk, whatever, I'll just drink that. It's just nut sweat. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, that in the kindest clip of it, ways, clip it, clip it, <laughs> clip, clip it. it. <laughs> but that's really what it is. You just pour water over like cashews and almonds. That's not milk. That doesn't have oh, no, calcium they, in they it. They squeeze them. They, they milk them. They're like little nipples. I they... guess. <laughs> and it, it doesn't have B12. Like this is just going off the rails already. Um, but Clip so it. this person argues, a dietitian, by the way, which is insane, <laughs> argues yeah. that maybe you should stop eating dairy altogether because it costs too much. Um, but that's good news because now you can eat all these other things that actually, by the way, bread and cost, carbs. Uh, that actually cost more money, by the way. The milk yeah. replacements actually cost more money than the actual milk. It's like this article was written by nobody, somebody who's never bought groceries before for a family of five. Um, and so, uh, again, I, it's funny because as I was attempting to, like, towel my hair before I came downstairs, I was listening to um, a dairy farmer talk about, and he was debunking the myths of veganism about milk, like that the animals are stressed and blah, 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 blah. And so that stress hormones like cortisol get passed into the milk and that affects human health. Cows don't lactate if they're stressed. They have to be mm -hmm. in a calm, safe situation before cool. their milk lets down. So that's just and, a total lie. It's like if you, these people have never been to a dairy farm where it's just like you can walk up and hug a cow. They're not stressed out. This is what they do. This is the cow's job. And then like for, further to that point, for people who maybe don't know this, like if you watch the stampede, everyone's ripping around on horses. They're roping. They're fast tying them. Yeah. That's a sport. Uh, real sort of ranching where you're getting the cattle to the truck 
every time that cow runs, it's sweating, which is losing weight, which is costing you money. So if if everything is going properly, no one should be working hard while you're rounding up cattle because you're supposed to, you, basically, if you work hard or you're running or you're roping, it's because something has gone awry and you're losing weight on that animal. The other thing too, is if they are high stress, that meat tenses up. So if you're running really aggressive uh, wrangling and you're you're stressing these cows out, you're going to have bad quality meat and you're going to get paid less for it because they're sweating off that weight. So whether it's dairy or beef, the cowboys are making and the ranchers, farmers are making every effort to keep those animals as relaxed as possible. Yeah, this is crazy. This article goes on to cite the Canadian Food Guide, which is a disaster. Once they started mm-hmm. publishing food guides, human health took a real serious turn for the worse. Everybody ends up on statins and medication and diet, every like a serious spike in diabetes and health related issues, heart related issues once people started following the food guide. But then they go on yeah. to say that dairy is um, a high impact on the environment. Um cows go and eat grass then their manure seeds the grass and it's just like a perfect circle of life um and we get to eat the cows along the way plus we get to drink their dairy um, and leather cars leather seats all the good stuff leather seats yeah and so uh, again yeah. ruminants magical animals they're the unicorn really of if, if there were such a thing as a unicorn it would be a cow but this person goes on to complain about the eco footprint of dairy production but Tell me about the eco footprint of an almond farm. You know, farming has ecological impacts. That's just how it is. But cows seed the uh, pasture, sequesters mm-hmm. carbon, if you care about those sorts of things. But raising the natural environment to plant almond trees and cashew trees or whatever people are, soy farms, whatever, um, that also has an ecological impact. Let's not pretend that farming, human agriculture, doesn't have an ecological impact and that's fine but saying one is better than the other is probably not not an ideal argument here no it's it's baseless and it's an attack and it's it's so interesting the because very often you see the dairy industry you go to like whether it's the ag hall at stampede or or sort of their lobby groups they're they're all they have these commercials about how they're net zero they're pandering so hard to these groups to try and be on board with them but i mean the the very influential dairy farmers associations need to get on board with being proud of their product and stop playing these political games. This is very reminiscent of the conversation I had with Danielle Smith about even the use of the word net zero. And she was like, well, I'm saying it because the industry is saying it, but I'm like, the industry is saying it because they feel like they have to. And she even said, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, but we need, like, I I don't think the ranchers, like cattle ranchers broadly will be buying into this, Uh, but the dairy farm needs to say, you know what, go fly a kite. Like we, we make this an excellent product. Um, We're valuable contributors to the economy on the global scale compared to some of these other countries which frankly i don't even know how much they're affecting the climate but we're reflecting we're we're not contributing meaningful pollution to the environment compared to some of these other countries and you want me to stop drinking milk so that what it's it's like a virtue signal categorically this can have if every canadian stopped drinking milk stopped consuming dairy we'd lose a bunch of money there'd be a bunch of farmers out of business and it would make no difference whatsoever i'm also sick of bring on the rickets by the way bring on the rickets (laughs) yeah well and i'm i'm so sick of this mentality that 
that because the government is is spending out of control, because they can't bring costs and because there's supply issues because of inept management across the board, whether it's the United States, Canada, or overseas, that we should just start sacrificing sort of fundamental components of our lives and that that's the solution. We don't need to get rid of milk. We need to get rid of Justin Trudeau, plain and simple. And yeah. I'm sick of being told, oh, no more fuel cars, no more milk, no more this, no more that, no more beef, no more that. Like, we, why are we, are we, for generations, we saw collective general improvements. We saw better health, longer lifespans. And now suddenly all those things, uh, availability of meat, high protein diets, all those things that have largely accommodated and facilitated increased lifespans, they're taking them away gradually and making things worse. That's not the direction we're supposed to be heading. Yeah. Why do I have to give up cheese? Cause Justin Trudeau won't stop spending other people's money. Like that, that's really what the, the first argument being made here is. Yeah. And then they say, they actually admit, though, that milk is probably essential to human health. So they say, um, though milk does contain nutrients that human needs, such as humans need, such as protein and calcium, those nutrients are not unique to dairy and can be easily found in other foods, except those foods are not all that easy. For example, a cup of dairy milk provides about eight grams of protein. Okay. Which is about the same as two tablespoons of peanut butter. Okay. Tell me the carbon impact of peanut butter now. Um and a half a cup of lentils, okay, Canadians grow lentils, but that's gut busting, or a quarter of a block of tofu, mm. okay, similarly, a quarter cup of chia seeds, two cups of cooked greens, such as bok choy or collards, one cup of calcium, calcium fortified, oh so they, they have to fortify the plant milk, which is not milk, yeah. to make it be like milk. Why? Why do you have to like chemically engineer things that aren't milk to behave like milk? Why don't you just let us eat milk? Just let us eat milk. Why do all these other steps? It's like when they when they do plant-based sausage and it's like, well, just you did all this work to make it look like sausage. Can't I just have the sausage? It seems la less labor intensive if you care about that sort of thing. Yeah, well, Norm Macdonald has a whole bit about this, about like you don't see like meats forming themselves into the countenance of other things it's only yeah. vegetables pretending to be meat because people want meat um and it, to go back to something earlier the the sort of food pyramid that is based uh largely on the usda uh pyramid originally set out i think it was in the 70s which by the way when that came out that's when we saw the onset of mass diabetes obesity all this stuff um which by the way was was instituted by the department of agriculture who were selling wheat and and told you you need a ton of wheat unlike all heavily human... influenced by the way yeah. heavily influenced by the likes of kellogg's yeah. seriously you know yeah, but 100%. okay <laughs> so it's it's incredible though there is there is something i'm going to do a shout out it's it's not a formal endorsement or anything but there's a really interesting series by jimmy aiken who i've probably mentioned before called mysterious world and he talks about like i don't know weird topics like like our ghosts real it's very faith and reason so it's kind of a catholic lens yeah. so he'll present like skinwalker ranch and then he'll say is this plausible what makes sense what doesn't he, he actually does one because he was quite overweight and he went through a significant journey yeah. and it, the episode's called the mystery of weight loss and he goes through this at such length the extent to which and he's not very conspiratorially minded but the lengths to which they just completely sub 
subverted all common sense, the, the general understanding of people and how to lose weight and become healthy throughout all of history. It was really flipped on its head with the onset of this, uh, this USDA sort of food pyramid guide. And people 100% accepted at the behest of government health officials and their sound advice that this is how you get healthy. Well, since then, people haven't been able to get healthy, really, um, unless people categorically reject this government advice uh, from this food pyramid and, and take on these other forms of diets. In fact, there's concerted efforts to undermine other diets that even if they, even if they work, yes. so it's incredible. But it's a really big sort of in-depth look at lots of the podcasts are interesting there's some really interesting topics but that one speaks to this topic so directly i was going to try and get him on at some point i should reach out to him again to talk about that but very interesting stuff yeah uh, you know i was watching uh you know i'm just my youtube history is uh <laughs> you know what adam if i get murdered delete it um but but i was <laughs> i i'm subscribed to a, a youtube channel called a uh, low carb down under because in Australia, there there's this group of doctors who they actually, you know, they they test their theories. Some of them are psychologists and the how like the spikes in blood sugar affect the mental health of young people. And so they have like these doctors from different parts of medicine, sports physiologists, and and they sort of come together for these conferences and and these talks. And I was like, I saw this name. Last name was Bickman. I was like, what the heck? Wild Rose MLA Gary Bickman. I think it's either his brother or his son, who's like mm. a do huge doctor in the like low carb space that like yeah. debunking the myths of sugar in, in sports performance. And I think he's at um, uh, uh, Brigham Young University okay. in the United States. But I was like, wow. <laughs> all my lives have just intersected in one in yeah. one uh, video. It was very odd to stumble across that. But anyways, enough about my YouTube history. Uh, let's move on to um, this amazing petition done by our friend Jeremy Lafredo on the issue yeah. of dairy and the government getting things wrong and the government telling you what to eat when all the government has ever done is give you advice about how to get fat <laughs> and be unhealthy and yeah. line the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry. So Amos Miller is an Amish holistic farmer. In fact, he farms exactly the way the government tells you to farm. It's organic. He doesn't use pesticides he, or at least chemical pesticides. He doesn't use uh, chemical fertilizers. Everything that his farm needs is produced on the farm. Very and low so carbon, he nitrogen. Yeah, and it, yeah, no tractors, by the way. No diesel. This is like exactly the the horrific way they want the rest of us to farm. But he's making a go of it because he has this buyer's co-op. It's really a co-op. They call it a private buyer's mm -hmm. club. So he has these people who want to consume food grown the way he does. And they're willing mm -hmm. to pay for it naturally because to produce that food that way, it's very, very expensive and labor intensive, right? So they have to pay a premium, but they want it. And they don't want the USDA involved in any of it, right? The U.S. Yeah. Department of Agriculture don't want their inspectors in there. They don't care. They know how he grows it. They know it's not inspected by the USDA. They're actually willing to pay a premium for that. And yet the USDA is raiding his farm. Um, they're coming in with guns like he's Amish, Pennsylvania Amish. So pacifist as they can come. Turn the other cheek. They don't fight. They don't enlist in the military. I, I'm pretty sure they don't even vote. Um they, by and large, they don't use um, 
any sort of modern technology um, on their farms, uh, although that can vary by community. And so, but the feds are coming in and telling him that he has to stop producing the way that Christia Freeland would want us all to farm. And uh, see, they use teams of horses in the field. Like this is incredibly labor intensive and your yields are so yeah. low, but this is what, this is what they, this is how he farms. And this is the people that people want to buy Syngenta. Ugh. Anyways, people want, people want to buy from him, but the USDA, they're saying he can't, they're raiding the farm. So Jeremy has a petition. It's at leavethemalone.com uh, to call on the federal government to stop persecuting Amos Miller. Um mm for basically producing food that people want to buy without government involvement. That petition, 19,000 